St. Luke, we're going to begin the book of St. Luke, chapter number 17, is where we're going to begin this morning. The book of St. Luke, chapter number 17, is where we're going to begin this morning. We're going to travel a little bit through the word and uh, allow the Lord to lead us his word. Father, we bless you today, we honor you, Lord, and we ask, Father God, you just come and help us to dine with you. You prepared to meal for the people. God, help us to sit at the table and eat from the table that you have prepared for us. Now, Lord God, I ask that you just clothe me and you. Thank you, Jesus. Let me wear you like a coat, Father. And Father God, let none of me be shown, but everything of you be revealed. And God, we praise you, Lord. We thank you right now for your word. Thank you, Father God, for how your word will heal, God. We thank you, Father God, for how your word will give us strength today, God. We thank you, Father God, for how your word will put our minds on the pathway that we need to be on, God. And Lord, we just glorify you. We, we thank you, God, for how your word will energize us today, God, and will allow us to make another step in your name in your strength. And Father God, we give your name praise, and we give your name glory in Jesus' name. And all the saints of God said, Amen. 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 Chapter number 17 from the book of St. Luke. Amen. Chapter number 17. Verse number 1 says, Then said he unto the disciples, It is impossible, but that offenses will come. But woe unto him through whom they come. It was better for him that a millstone was hanged about his neck and he cast into the sea that he should offend one of these little ones. Verse number three says, Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a what? Day. In a day. Mm -hmm. And seven times in a what? Day. day. Turn again to thee, saying, I repent. Thou shalt do what? Yes. Forgive me. And verse number six says, and the Lord said, If ye had faith as a grain of mustard seed, you might say unto the sycamine tree, Be thou plucked up by the root, and be thou planted in the sea, and it should obey you. This morning I want to talk about the mustard seed, the characteristics of a mustard seed. You know, a lot of times when, when we hear about the, the mustard seed, we immediately we, we immediately connect it to our faith. But 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 there is more to it um, than the mustard seed. There's more to it about the mustard seed. It's it's more to it. Now, first of all. When you look at chapter number 17, and brother, Pastor Fred, this is what I said, I thought about you last night. When he begins to talk about offenses, when, when Jesus had a conversation with his disciples, he first says to them, it is impossible, but offenses will come. So offenses, are, there are 
entrapments that they are on. Um, they are enticements. They are, are displeasures that will come into your life. Offensively, you say, they will come. You know, uh, stumbling block, occasional stumbling blocks. The Lord said, make sure I put occasional stumbling blocks in it. So we won't take the liberty to say, well, okay, God said we can stumble and stumble. No, no. It's an occasional, an offensive, occasional stumbling block. Uh, when sin is brought in and, and displeasure comes to you through someone else, God said these things will come. But watch what he says about the person or the individual that brings these offenses. You see, it's two sides. You can be on the receiving side of receiving the offense, or you can be the giver of an offense. Hmm. You can be the giver. Now, it says, but woe, the latter part of verse 1 in chapter 17, it says, but woe, woe that means grief. Grief comes to him through whom they come. It's, it will, but it will bring grief unto him, the one that's bringing the offense. And he says, whoa, grief is coming to him. Then he goes on in verse number two, it says, it were better for him than a millstone. Now, a millstone is a hardship. So it's better that we have a hardship rather than bringing an offense to somebody. Because the word of God says it's better for him that had millstones hanged about his neck. It's better for you to have hardship in your life than to bring an offense to someone and, and be cast in the sea, be cast in the spirit with your hardship than he that offends one of the little ones. So in other words, if, if you're the offender, the person that brings that offense, that brings that enticement to sin to someone else, or to bring displeasure to someone else, God says it's better for you to have a hardship. <laughs> because see, if you have a hardship, that's one thing. But if, if you bring that offense, that offense, or cause somebody to stumble, or cause someone to, to be enticed to sin, God says it's better for you to put, your, put a, 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 a hardship around your neck and be cast into the spirit. Because, see, you're going to go through a whole lot. You're going to go through a whole lot. And I said, God, now why are you dealing with offenses? Here, you talk about the characteristics of a multitude. The next thing he begins to talk about is forgiveness. Hmm. Verse number three says, take heed to yourself. Don't look at nobody else. But he said, take heed to yourself. If my brother trusts past, he misses the mark, he comes against you, uh, he tells you, first of all, he said, you rebuke him. Secondly, then he says, uh, if you repent, then you got to forgive him. So then he says, if he uh, sins against you or come against you seven times in a day, or come against you in a sin in a, in a day, he says, forgive Then he goes further, he says, if he uh, offends you or if he uh, come against you, bring some kind of pain to your life seven times in a day, he said, you're supposed to forgive him. You know, we have a problem when we're forgiving one time, right? We, we, we have a problem. Let that same brother, let's be real, let that same brother uh, bring some hardship into your life one time. Then he come back six more times, you ain't, you, you don't want to really forgive him the first time, right? Because you, you've been offended by what he's done. But according to 
enough of that. He said, if he repents. Now, I'm talking about genuine repentance now. Come on. I'm not talking about words, you know, that was from, just from the lips. But he says, you got to forgive. The next thing the disciples say, now these are the people that walked up. These are the learners. The next thing comes out of their mouth is, Lord, increase my faith. Why would you ask God to increase your faith? And he's talking about offenses and forgiveness. They say, increase my faith. In other words, they felt like it was very difficult when offenses come. We know how it is. When offenses come to us, how difficult it is for us to forgive that person. But then they tell us, increase my faith. Well, see, that has nothing to do with your faith. That's where we're going to get into the characteristics of a multitude. Characteristics of the mustard seed. The characteristics of a mustard seed. Now, I looked at, I looked at, uh, like a mustard seed. It says that the mustard seed can be planted anywhere and not be influenced by its surroundings. It says a mustard seed is not affected by its environment or the present conditions. A mustard seed. A mustard seed. It's not affected by what's going on somewhere else. See, God wants to have that spirit of a mustard seed. And and I forgot a enlighten me more. And, and he gave me an illustration about um, when I used to deliver mail. And I was out on a mail route and that was this lady that knew I was a minister. So one day she, she had a problem because Jimmy Swagger had fallen. He had failed. She had a problem. And prior to that, she had all kinds of spiritual books. She had all kinds of Bibles and all kinds of religious books. And she just read, read, and uh, we would have conversations when I go by her home. And, but this particular day, after his incident, she had a box sitting out there on her porch by her mailbox. And I, what's all this? And that was a note for me. She said, you can have all of this. She gave up every Bible she had. She gave up every book she had about religion. I mean, about everything that, that connected to God. She had those books put in that box. All because of what one man did. So God says, if, if she had a spirit of mercy, she would not be influenced by those around her or the environment that's around her, but she would stand fast in her faith. You see, her faith was in the wrong place. Mm -hmm. Her faith was in Jesus Christ and not God. You see, that's a mistake that most people have. See, you know, this morning we were singing about, about Jesus and, and it's all about him, but we need to ask ourselves, is it real? Because when we come to the house of God, we should be so thankful that he has given us another day. Especially when we know how we have lived. Now, we have not lived good all of our lives. Even, even last night, we may have been some cross words, there may have been some thoughts. So when we come to this house, just because he allowed his mercy to be new to us this day, then we should be able to come to this house and give God the glory. No matter what hell you went through, but just the fact that you're thankful you got your hell. Yeah, I mean, you got your right mind. Your mind is taking you to come to the house of God. Some folks didn't even come to the house of God. They stayed at home. But the fact that you got the mind. 
He said, offenses can become so deeply rooted within us, and the roots are so, so deep down within us, that we can remember an offense that somebody else did, us, did to us a long time ago, and when some, another brother or sister comes up to us and we're offended, what happens? We still operate in that spirit of unforgiveness. And it's deeply rooted. Unforgiveness is deeply rooted. It is just like the sycamine tree. That's what Christ was trying to tell them. He dealt with offense. He, he dealt with unforgiveness. So he talks about, how many times are people like, how many times am I supposed to forgive him, Lord? But he says, look at this. He says, you've got to speak to that sycamine tree. That unforgiveness that we are still harboring in our heart. God said, we've got to speak. See, when you have the spirit of the mustard seed, you've got that voice to speak to it, and it's got to go. And then it says, it's got to be plucked up by the root. If you don't get unforgiveness up by the root, it's going to keep on. Because, you know, it's always a war. It always feeds on something. It always, it says, bitterness and unforgiveness goes down to the soul, and it is fed by what? It is fed by offenses that was hidden in the soul of our heart. Bitterness and unforgiveness. It's faith. It's faith. It's faith. In the soul of our heart, it's faith. So it is deeply, deeply, deeply rooted. So God says, you've got to pluck it up by the root. You can See, if you don't get it by the root, that means it's going to continue to grow. Yeah, it's going to continue to research because it's going to smell low. Yeah. And it's going to continue to grow. So you've got, that's what I said, you've got to speak to it. And so you've got to understand the power that we have in the tongue. God said, if you speak it, life and death is in the power of God. So when you speak to it, you, you take that authority that you've been given and you command it to be uprooted by the root. That's the word. Say, put an axe to the root. <laughs> it isn't just put the axe to the top of the root. Put an axe to the root because you've got to pick the root of the matter out of it. Amen. Amen. And then the next thing it talks about the sycamine trees. I found it very interesting. It says, its wood was preferred over all other trees for building. And guess what uh, it was used most for to build? Coffins and caskets. And then it says that it grew quickly. And in any environment, but where it, where it flourished the best, uh, where it thrived the most, is when we were in a spiritual drought. Whenever we're in a spiritual drought, don't you know that's when you can continue to hold on to unforgiveness and bitterness? When, when you're in a spiritual drought, you can't forgive. You're in a spiritual drought. Spiritual drought. Hmm. Where there's no repentance. Where there is no repentance. Then that's where it, it, it thrives. No repentance. Mm. It's amazing. Mm. Mm. Where there's no joy. Where there's no joy. That is where the, the sycamine, that's where the sycamine, it, it resides. You know, it's deeply rooted. It's deeply planted. It, it's easy to get. Keep everybody in mind. It's almost like a Walmart brand. <laughs> Not speaking anything negative against Walmart. 
But everybody can't go to some schools and spend set dollars, high dollars. So yeah, it's, it's like a, it's very accessible. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's very accessible. And I remember that what it's used for building coffins and caskets, dead things, mm-hmm. dead things. Hmm. Now the next thing is about that sycamine tree. It produces a bitter fruit. Don't all forgiveness produce a bitter fruit in us. Amen. It produces a bitter fruit. You know, it's just like you eating something that's real bitter. It takes you a long time to eat it, right? It takes it takes a long time to eat anything that that's not pleasurable. Yeah, it, when, when it's bitter, it takes a long time to, 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 to eat it. It takes a long time to consume it. But some things that we can identify is that a person that operates in bitterness will chew on, oh Lord, they will chew on their feelings a long time. <laughs> when you're operating in unforgiveness and you got bitterness in your heart, you'll chew on that thing for a long time. You tell me. You let somebody leave off, don't you? Oh, hold on, I need to Some of us, and we may say, no, not me. We've got some stuff that's hollering down on the inside that we done had two, three, four, five, ten, fifteen years ago. Mm-hmm. And you see that? Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 You know, you just think about it. it for, uh, forgiveness. When somebody comes against you, and all of a sudden the God said, you've got to forgive that person, and it does, oh, Lord. Yeah. Don't let it go there with husband and wives in relationships. Amen. Amen. We might as well get real. You see, a lot of us want to say we ain't, we ain't got none of that stuff in us. But you, let me tell you something. You, you can have a fight at bank your Holy Ghost. You can have a fuss and a fight at home, and you can walk through the doors and put on the face. Yeah. And you can walk right, and walk right back out that same doors with that church painted face and still go right back to hell. Hello. Amen. Are we, are we, am I in the Kool-Aid chair?
the way they produces this seed, you know, believe this. It comes through by walls. And what the walls does, it brings, it sticks it with the walls finger into the fruit of the sycamore. That's how it reproduces. You know, if we never get rid of unforgiveness and offenses and all those things about our heart, do you not know the enemy will bring that the bring his spirit and it will stick into our hearts? And what will happen? We will be just like him. I'm not talking about Jesus, I'm talking about the devil, the spirit of unforgiveness. Spirit of unforgiveness. Now, let's look at it. It tells us to pluck it up, right? Let's look at Luke chapter number 17. And I just heard verse number 14. Yeah. It says, verse 14, and when he, when he saw them, after cleansing him, they talk about the ten lepers that uh, we should go show ourselves to the priest, but that's not the, that's not the one that I want. That's not the one that we want. Luke 17, I'm sorry, Luke 17, 21. 17, chapter, yeah, Luke chapter number 17, verse number 21. The next thing about the mustard seed, and we're going to look at that, but in, in Mark 4, chapter 30, the mustard seed has great potential. It has great potential. Now, in Mark 4, let's look at that before we go to Luke. Let's, let's look at Mark 4 before we go to Luke uh, 17. Let's look at Mark 4. Because we're dealing with the potential. We need to read this verse in order for us to understand this, this next part about the mustard seed characteristic. Mark chapter 4, verse number 30. How impressive the, that spirit of the mustard seed is. Mark chapter 4, verse number 30. It says, I was there. It says, and he said, Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Jesus is speaking. Whereunto shall we liken the kingdom of God? Or with what? What's that next word? Comparison. Shall we compare it? Verse 31 says, It is like a grain of mustard seed. Remember now, he's comparing the kingdom of God. It is like a grain of mustard seed, which when it is sown in the earth, it is less than all the seeds that be in the earth. But when it is sown, it groweth up and becometh greater than all the earth and shoots out great branches so that the fowls of the air may lodge under the shadow of it. The kingdom. Here Christ compares the mustard seed to the kingdom of God. I find that amazing. So if I don't have any kind of spirit, I know the spirit of the mustard seed. Because Christ compares it to the kingdom. Now, let's establish some things. Luke chapter, uh, Luke, we got Luke chapter number 17, verse number 21. The kingdom. Where's the kingdom? Where's the kingdom? 17. Luke 17, verse 21. He said, neither should they say, no here or no there. For behold, the kingdom of God is where? The kingdom of God is within you. The kingdom is within you. We, we hear all this stuff that, oh, we're going to take it back for us, we're going to take it back for us, we're going to go in there, we're going to take the kingdom. God said, no, you first take what's on the inside of you. That, that is why when he begins to speak to us, Adam and Eve, you know, he said the first thing he knows is he said, subdue the earth and then replenish. In other words, take control of what's 